Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the commanding Matt. Hello there. Hello Matt. How's it going? um, (laughs) Well, I think first things first, we owe our listeners a a, a teensy apology, don't we? We don't owe Um, them anything. We've been doing this for free for like (laughs) five years. They are worse. I mean, that's true. Um, so we we very very boldly said, ah, oh, yeah, we can we can record again in a couple of weeks and knock out the first half of the war games. Um, not long after, I became quite ill for a while. <laughs> um, mm. I, I I I didn't test for it. I think it was probably the the dreaded COVID. You oh, know, really? Um, yeah, I was I was. Getting all kinds of random symptoms for best part of a week. Uh, it was really unpleasant. And uh, in the sort of week and a half since, I've just had this constant dry cough that I cannot shift. Um, yeah. It's not pleasant. So so uh, apologies, listeners, uh, if Matt is lazy on his editing, because you're going to hear me cough a lot. If uh, Well, here, if he here comes the good news. It's 10 o'clock at night. We'll probably finish editing... Sorry, we'll probably finish recording about midnight. I'm going to edit this at half past five in the morning, and then I'm going on holiday, so there's probably going to be a lot of <laughs> left in. Yes, yeah. Um, but hopefully that won't impede the chat too much, listeners, because we, we are, as I alluded to, uh, discussing the first five episodes of The War Games. David, it's, the first, it's the first time we've ever done a ten-parter. We've denied it is like doing them until now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm trying to think. It's probably going to be the last time we ever do a ten parter because I don't think there are any other ten parter stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. I think I'm right in saying Dalek's Master Plan is a twelve parter, as is Trial of a Time Lord. If you want to class it all as one story should, should we just put off doing Torchwood and should we just do all the big ones should we just do a 12 part <laughs> here and a 12 part there oh you know what I'd be well up for doing Trial of a Time Lord with you Matt right <laughs> Um, yeah we'll see what we'll see what the listeners say shall we put it out on the old tweets no if they anyone, are does, does anyone still use Twitter uh, it's it's known as X these days, David. Come on, Come I on. I suppose it is. Elon Musk yeah. didn't spend all sorry didn't waste all that money just for you to still call it Twitter. <laughs> I'll I'll be honest, Matt. I am off all social media these days. Oh, just I'm, I'm on more than ever. Well, that's I'm because on... you've you you need to show off your fancy. Romanian lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I have literally nothing to share on social media. Like, <laughs> what have I got to offer the world of social media? Uh, here, yeah. here's here's a photo of my desk. It's the same as it was <laughs> the last three three years. Um, here's um, hey guys, have you ever noticed that? Having a five-year-old kid is uh, hard work sometimes. 
Yeah, has mm. anyone ever noticed that before? No, that's mm. never, never been mentioned, has it? No. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just putting like nice pictures of meals. I, I went to the international yep. rugby this week, twice actually, in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I done this week? I've just been everywhere. It was my friend's birthday. We went to a nice steak restaurant. So I put pictures of that up on like trashbat.com and all sorts. So, you know. Yeah. On all the usual social medias. So there you go, listeners. If you want if you want a glimpse into Matt's jet setting lifestyle, you yeah. know where to find him. Yeah. Going on holiday uh, this week, and, and, David. And... Is now a good time for my guide to Romania. Yeah, go for it. It's as good a time as any. actually trapped in Romania currently. Uh, still haven't got my residency. <laughs> right. uh, so I'm here illegally. Okay. My visa's expired. So if I leave the country, I can't come back for 90 days, which is obviously a problem because that'll be after mm-hmm. like the exam season at work. So um, I'm going on holiday around Romania. Right. So tomorrow I am flying to Cluj, which is one of the other cities. Having a couple of days mm-hmm. there. And then Lovely. I'm going to the salt mines. The, there's an abandoned salt mine that they've built a theme park in. So I'm going to go to that. Oh, wow. Awesome. One of the things you can hire, badminton courts. So I'm going to go play underground badminton. Nice. Yep. Um, then I'm driving north. I'm going to a place called the Merry Cemetery. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, I I have actually. I think I saw it on like a Michael Palin travel documentary. Yeah. It's it's is it's that like cemetery with all the like you know beautiful, colourful. Um, like are they mosaics? If memory yeah, serves. largely. Or yeah, yeah, and it either has yeah. a picture of how the person died, like a picture of a tractor yeah. reversing over somebody. And yeah. then it's got like funny jokes, just like going, you know, I'm glad he's dead. He never paid the bar tabs. So yeah, um, I'm going there. Sounds quite sounds brilliant. I, I I would genuinely and then like to see that. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm driving a bit further south, so that's basically at the Ukraine border. So probably the safest mm-hmm. part of the holiday, I imagine. Um, yeah, I expect so. Yeah, if I'm not here in two weeks, just assume a drone strike got me. Uh, it's not really how I saw myself going, if I'm honest. But then I'm driving south, and then I'm taking a steam locomotive train through the mountains, mm-hmm. and ultimately driving back to Cluj, then flying home. Sounds lovely. It, I hope a, you have a wonderful time, Matt. It's annoying, because if I drove the other... Basically, that's all west of me. And the only thing that's mm-hmm. east of me is either the Black Sea, which uh, Romania owns all the land on the coast, so Macedonia's landlocked. <laughs> Take mm-hmm. that, Macedonia. And a little town called Glod, which is the village where they sued... Well, eventually they sued, but they, it's where they filmed Borat. Oh, 
It's the village of Kazakhstan oh, right. that Borat's from. It's actually in Romania. Right. Wow. I had no called, idea. It's called glod, which is the Romanian word for dirt. So that tells you everything you need to know about that little town. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing all about it upon your return, Matt. Um, now, yeah, that, that's enough delightful. about me. I've got a couple of questions about mm. you and your week. Yeah, go for it. Uh, last time I spoke to you, you hadn't shriven. Did you shrive? I did shrive, yes. Um, yes. I got I got home uh, at about half six on Shrove Tuesday. Um, there was plenty of Shrove left in the mixing bowl. Good. So I had my had myself some some shrivening. Good. <clears throat> See, I, yeah, I, I mean, I can give ground. you details if you want. Yeah, oh, please. Right, okay. We had social shriving uh, here, so let, let's now go on. What was what was what was your go-to fillings then? Um, so I, I went for Biscoff, but mm. actually, I I was making the pancakes, and when I made my own, I put a little bit of extra flour in, so they were nice and thick, and I put some blueberries mm-hmm. and bananas in the pancakes. Ooh, so I fancy. didn't go for topping. I went for fruit in the pancakes. I see. I see. Very fancy. What about you? I I I kick things off with a savoury number. Oh. So I had I had myself some uh, baked beans and cheese and uh, a little bit of uh, finely diced green pepper. Very nice. In uh, my first pancake. And for the follow-up, I'd neglected to purchase a lemon, which was my one job on the way home from work. <laughs> um, so I, it was a last-minute pivot to jam. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of a traditional lemon and sugar pancake. Yeah. Let, let's just agree... I've said this before. The worst, mm. Nutella. Nutella is overrated. I don't like it. Nah, I, I, I'm a fan, but it, it, I think it very much depends on where you stand on hazelnuts. Uh, if you're I not th- into like hazelnutty, praline kind of... If you I, don't like that flavour, it's not ideal. I think nuts are the most overrated <laughs> food on planet Earth. It's just wood, isn't it? <laughs> That's a wild opinion, Matt. Just eat a little bit of wood. Except, I don't uh, really like peanuts, but I love peanut butter. But I don't like peanut butter on its own. I like peanut butter flavoured things. Except, yesterday mm. I went to a cafe and ordered a peanut butter cheesecake. And when it came, it tasted of coconut because it was vegan and they'd used coconut milk. Oh, no. No, that doesn't but sound pleasant. There's loads of coconuts in Romania because it's they're just bare eggs, aren't they? So when the bears lay their eggs, <laughs> that's, that's that's where coconuts come from, isn't it? It's as good a theory as any. Right. As far as I know, science has yet to officially crack that mystery. <laughs> so as well but, as well, uh, as, well you know, as shriving, did did you do anything nice for Valentine's Day? Um, gave my partner a box of chocolate seashells, which were a favourite. And then Good. we sat on the sofa and watched a bit of what we do in the shadows. Uh, 
That's a perfect evening. So, yeah, it's about as romantic as we get, to be honest. Mm. I like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Matt. Yeah, there just hasn't there hasn't been a lot going on for me recently, other than, of course, the disease, <laughs> the disease, and, and and a really, really horrible, stressful period at work. Those have been yeah. the two things that have dominated my life since we last spoke. I've got very little else to speak of. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, we well, we had a lovely family day out today. I'll tell you about that, shall I? Oh please! We went, we went to Raby Castle. Never. What do you know of Raby Castle? Never. No, nor had we. Nor had we. But it it? turns out, it's um, it's about sort of twenty twenty five minutes down the road from us where we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's in County Durham, and it is the official seat of the um. Uh, the 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 barony of Barnard, I think. Oh, right. So, okay, yeah. Like, it's in Barnard Castle. <coughs> yes, but it's not Barnard Castle. It's it's the 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 castle they actually live in is Rapey Castle. <laughs> yeah. So it is one of the best preserved medieval castles I have ever seen. This thing looks immaculate. Is Barnard Castle um, an actual castle, or is that the name of the town? Yeah, it's, it's both. I think it's, I've only ever town. been to the town when I was getting my eyes tested in lockdown. Right. <laughs> There's some satire. Yeah. There's some deep cut <coughs> yes, satire. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that, Um Yeah, um... It's it's both. So uh, I've I've been to both the town and the castle within. Uh, but anyway, that that's more of just that's not. I think it's fairly ruined if memory serves. Barnard mm-hmm. Castle, whereas Raby Castle is, as I say, in in extremely good nick for a medieval castle. Excellent. Um, to the point that it's still occupied for several months of the year. Uh, but and it's because it's all privately owned still. They've got a lovely deer park that you can go and swan about in, um, and they've got a uh, they've built a big uh, kids adventure playground there, which now is of course the main draw. The yep. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. In fact, I will show you um, a charming picture. I'm going to send you a, ch- a picture from today. You know those those uh, things. That you, um, uh, what do you call it? That you, um, stick your head into that you get at the seaside and stuff. Yeah, for taking photos. Uh, for taking yeah. photos. Yeah. Turns out there's no proper word for those. Um, uh, but they had one of those there. And I'm going to send it to you because you will definitely appreciate it, Matt. Oh, here we go. Currently. That is the the best photo I think I'm I've all I've seen. That that is the best photo of twenty twenty four. I will ask my partner for permission to put it on the socials. We'll see what she says. I, I, I think because I think it does feature cover, my son's face. We should cover his face, but 
that, uh, that, that is, that is well, sensational. Okay, I mean, if we do Let, have let's to, give no then context, we, we need to make but we we need new... to make clear. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That that's the new lock screen for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, I've but never anyway, it's... more whilst I've been away. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that was a good day out. Uh, but other than that, no, there really hasn't been much going on in my life at the moment. Um, Can you believe it's I mean, been I am, six months I am... since I moved to Romania? Uh, yes, because it's been about the same amount of time since uh, I moved into my house. Yeah. It was my six-month anniversary at work yeah. today and my six-month anniversary in Romania a couple of days ago. It's wild. Mm. Wild. But yeah, I mean, other than that, the only other thing really, I guess, is I'm, 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 I'm considering throwing my hat into the ring for the Rochdale by-election. But um, yeah, I don't know. I might have, I might have missed my chance with that now. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> right. The uh, only anyway. other thing I've got on my agenda, David, is yeah. Um, obviously, you've been unwell, so. Dockbusters is on no. hold for a week. Yeah, two. no, no Dockbusters this week. Uh, to be honest, it was less about the illness and more and more about the fact that work's been so busy that I haven't been able to spend an afternoon dossing, <laughs> like just combing through TARDIS Wiki looking for <laughs> obscure facts to uh, turn into questions. Right. Well, I, I I'm gonna launch my 2024 segment. Bye, bye, bye. Movie review. Movie review. Go for it. Now, it's evolved from... We actually did it last week, and I've evolved it from there. I mentioned Mm. my New Year's resolution is to watch 100 films this year that I've never seen before. Yes, indeed. Um, What what are you up to thus far? Let me just check the spreadsheet. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I say again, Matt, spreadsheets can count for you. It's kind of their whole deal. 22 films for the year so far, David. Now, I think since last time we spoke, I've watched 11 films. So can you pick a number between 1 and 11, please? Could I have number 5, please, Matt? Number 5. 1, 2, 3, 4. Oh, David, you've picked one of the lowest scoring films of the year. Oh, no. What have I picked? The Matrix Resurrections. I don't... It's that... Because, hang on, I'm trying to remember. I've only seen the first Matrix. Right. Then it was... Then it was Matrix... Reloaded. Reloaded. And then... Was it not Revolutions? revolutions and then recently yeah. david you may be unaware there's a fourth matrix film oh yeah that completely passed me by yeah matrix resurrections mm. that's what i think of that <laughs> film it's wow. basically it's like the plot of the first matrix film mm-hmm. but the first three matrix films have already happened and a lot of the actors don't come back. So, like, Lawrence Fishburne's not in it. Hugo Weaving's not in it. Mm. And it's just not as good. 
Yeah, sounds. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest. So I, I, I should probably rewatch the Matrix and maybe try and do the whole trilogy. I remember mm-hmm. not loving the Matrix when it came out. Well, I scored Matrix Resurrections four out of ten. Mm. For comparison, David, one of the other films that I watched recently yeah. is The Room, widely considered to be the worst film of all time. Mm-hmm. That got five out of ten from me. <laughs> it least has some very entertaining like, scenes, The Room. It, it's so bad mm-hmm. that it's quite funny and like I know some of the memes. So I had like a good time with it. I watched it with some of my friends and yeah. we laughed a lot. Yeah. The Matrix Resurrections was just joyless. Yeah. In fact, it's the joint worst film I've seen this year alongside Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. <laughs> is, that, is that a real film? Yeah. The, the problem is, 100 films I haven't seen before, I've seen a lot of good films there. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of crap. Um, do you think you need so, to branch out from the sort of action sci-fi genre fair? There must be. Well, I mean, have you have you seen like all of your Criterion classics? You know, um, that that. Well, sort my plan of this week stuff. When I get back off holiday, mm-hmm. I saw there's a new trailer for a Godzilla versus King Kong film. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen the first Godzilla film. I haven't seen the second one. I haven't seen either of the two King Kong films. And I haven't seen Godzilla vs. King Kong 1. So I'm going to watch all of them. Good luck. That's my next mission. Is Are we talking the ones that have sort yeah. of come out this century, not not the sort of black and white? Yeah, but ones. I am desperate to watch Godzilla minus 1. Apparently that's great. Yes, I have heard good things about that. But I'll be honest, I have never seen a Godzilla film. Um, I've seen a few of them. Um, when I was in sixth form, I went through a phase of watching some of them with one of my friends. Mm. So, yeah, I've never... Let, let me just give you the rundown of films I've seen since last time we yeah, spoke. Because you might want to ask me about some of these. Okay. So, The Room. Yep. Five out of ten. Yeah, good. It's good in the right context, I would say, for the room. Yeah. It chapter two. Mm. I'd seen the first one, never seen the second one. Seven out of ten. Excellent. Dragon Ball Z, Super Android 13. Five out of ten. How many? How how much Dragon Ball Z stuff have you got left to get through? Uh, I think I'm about halfway through, but I needed a break from it. So that's the only one I've watched recently. Fair enough. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate, 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Megan or Mathrigan, 8 out of 10. Ooh. Matrix Resurrections, 4 out of 10. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, 4 out of 10. Nope, 8 out of 10. Knock at the Cabin, 7 out of 10. Creed 3, 7 out of 10. Moana, never seen it before. 8 out of 10. Solid film. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, 6 out of 10. That is the film list so far. <coughs> well then, so you weren't you weren't massively sold on the D&D film then? Uh, it's a lot of people 
doing a lot of MacGuffins. Like, they work out they have to go get something, but it's in a box that's locked, so we have to go get the key. But the key's up a tower that's guarded by a dragon, so we need to get a magic sword to kill the dragon, but the sword's in a lake, so we need to get a boat. And to get a boat, we have to do this. It just goes on and on and on. Sounds like D&D, like, to be fair. Nothing is straightforward. Yeah, but, like... Oh, God, it goes on <laughs> for a long time. Uh, fair days. I don't know. I, I, I haven't had a chance um, to see it yet, but I'm I'm hopeful that I'll enjoy it. Because, um, you know, mm. like me some D&D. So currently, my top five films of the year is Moana, 8 out of 10. Yeah. Nope, 8 out of 10. Megan, 8 out of 10. The Creator, 8 out of 10. Barbie, 9 out of 10. Yeah. You think you're, you're, anything's going to crack 10 out of 10 before the end of the year? Um, I, don't, I don't know. What, I don't what's, know. what's a film got to do for you to get to to that point of basically just saying... No, no notes. I don't know. Like my my like movie Hall of Fame is so different. Like I've got Jurassic Park, ten out of ten. Mm. Leon, ten out of ten. Wallace and Gromit: The Wrong Trousers, ten out of ten. Yeah. Jaws, ten out of ten. Disney's Robin Hood, ten out of ten. Like I just like what I like, David. Yeah. That's fair enough. I'm just a whimsical creature. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't watch enough films that I feel like I could even give you a list of films that I would consider to be 10 out of 10. Um, I, I'm so sort of like sporadic in how I watch films. Um, like... Well, I I, I used to go to the cinema every week mm. and just watch everything that came out. Yeah. Um, but then I moved to Romania. Yeah. Like, let, let me just search my local cinema and I'll tell you the films that are on here. If you've heard of any of them, I'll give you a thousand pounds. Okay. Right. Uh, let me just... The Cineplex. Right. Do you want to go watch... Upper Blastomate. I mean... That's Romanian for dark water, okay, I believe. Okay, right. <coughs> um, hold on, because I'm only getting the viewings for today, and it's late. Uh, do you want to go watch Complutol Benelor? <laughs> and what is that in English? Oh, Christ knows. It looks like a romantic comedy. Right. What about... Ubersex sat at Urasak. <laughs> so what you're saying is now, this you, you one... haven't found an English language cinema yet. <laughs> oh no, no, like this is where I went and watched the Marvels. Okay. But this film has been in the cinema since I got here. It has been in the cinema for six months. Wow. It's a comedy film called Klaus and Barroso. <laughs> it's obviously doing well. Maybe you should go and see mm. it. What about Tatty Part-Time? I think that means part-time dad. Sure. I mean, the thing is, Matt, anything can be good, right? What What about Madam Web? Nah, nah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't need to get spummed today. 
I might go watch Madam Web. I saw a clip on tr Twitter where the main character rescues herself from a car due to bad editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. How could they spend yeah, so much money to produce something so mediocre? And, like, they... <coughs> it's yeah. not just Sony. Like, it, they're all at it. All of these companies with their big superhero franchises just mm. spaffing millions and millions of dollars at the wall yeah. Don't to worry, create... on my list of films to watch, I've got Aquaman, Aquaman 2, Flash and Blue Beetle. Oh so I'll, I'll give you a rundown of those. Soon. What a treat. That'll be fun. <laughs> Oh, man. So, shall we, Matt, um, shall we discuss a little bit of the war games? Yeah, why not? We've got five episodes to get through, so we might as well. Um, yeah, now... I mean, we'll probably wrap it up in ten minutes, because it's five episodes where nothing happens. <laughs> Okay, so we, before we get into your thoughts about this story, Matt, I wanted to ask you, <coughs> what were your thoughts going into it? Like, obviously, you knew it was a Troughton, your favourite classic yeah. Doctor. Um, you no, knew it was a ten-parter. No, so you knew you were yeah. only going to get half a story this time around. Um, and you knew it was called The War Games. Was there anything else you knew about it going in? Um, I can't remember. Is it? Uh, I heard. Is it Troughton's final story? Is that part? Do of you, Do you Do you want me to spoil that for you, or do you want to leave that open? I can't remember because I can't remember because I confused this <clears throat> with. I know Jamie's first story is the Highlanders. And yeah. I know that's supposed to be important in some way. I mean, but well, then... the main thing about it is it's missing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. What I will say, and this is damning it with faint praise. Yeah. This might be the best Troughton we've seen. I think it's a strong Troughton, for sure. I don't think anyone would disagree mm. with that. Now, you, you, mm. your mileage obviously varies when it comes to Troughton. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of his era overall. Um, but I can see how this one appeals... How? <coughs> I can see how this one appeals to you more than, say, the Mine Robber, which I think is what we did last time. Or Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. It was like three hours of just racism. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. There's, and I it mean, was crap. It was boring as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm, let's not relitigate too with the Cybermen today. Mm. <coughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So you were... It was okay. Were you trying to go in open-minded at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I thought, why not? You know, if I go in miserable, ten episodes is a long time. Absolutely, um, and I, I think there is. I'm I'm going to say there are two major things wrong with this story. Ooh. neither of them are Patrick Troughton. Okay, well that's something at least. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I take it you're going to flag those up as we get into the episodes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Right. Shall we begin? Let's do it. Right. So this is The War Games. It is Serial 7 of Season 6 from the 19th of April to the 21st of June, 1969. Now, this, David, this episode aired when my dad was one week old. Wowzers. He was born on the 12th of April, 1969. Amazing. So, like, this yep. goes to show, like, you're, you are watching TV that is literally as old as your dad. Yeah. 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 Um, it is written, in the loosest terms, by Terence Dick and Malcolm Hulk. Oh, come on. directed... Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> directed... In the loosest terms, by David Maloney. <coughs> Righty ho. And this, David, is where we reach the first thing wrong with this story. Okay, go on. Okay. Now, we'd planned to record this episode a couple of weeks ago. We did, yeah. So I watched episode one and two a few weeks ago. Then, when we decided we needed to postpone, mm-hmm. I didn't watch three, four, and five until today. Right. And I forgot how jarring the opening is, where it just goes, war games, war games, war games. <laughs> bang, bang, crash. Flashing screens. Yeah. Like, I thought shit myself today when I was watching this. It's not subtle, it is it? <laughs> like the Doctor Who theme, and then it goes, ooh. <laughs> war games. Yeah, I'm trying to remember whether you've seen any other stories. There was a period where... Um, they do this for the titles of, of certain serials where they go all in on, on a kind of thematic opening for them. Oh, the Tenth Planet's a bit like that, mm. isn't it? I don't know if you recall that. Uh, they try and make that all sort of cy- cybery. I think if you if you saw it, you'd... Because obviously it's the, the, the introduction of the Cybermen. Um, mm-hmm. And so it it has a sort of a bit of a a a, a stark computery feel to it. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they do that sometimes in up to I'd say early Pertwee, and then the, it sort okay. of um, I think after Pertwee's first season, it settles into into a more routine, uh, good thing again. But. Good. But just no consideration for photosensitive epilepsy oh, or anything no, like that. No, nothing like that. Just straight no. in there with just <laughs> literal the horrors of war and giant text yeah. leaping out at you. Yeah. Also, also, how did anyone watch this back <coughs> in the day? Week? T- how did you wait a week between episodes? I didn't have a clue what was going on for half of this. <laughs> It took me till episode four to realise that woman was called Jennifer. <laughs> well, I mean, if if you had the Radio Times with you, of course, you could you could consult the the cast list in that because they used to print the cast lists quite often. I think in uh, the Radio Times back mm. in the day, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it was just a different way of watching TV. You know, I think I think we've become a bit lazy too accustomed to just 
banging one episode after another. Um, oh, like like me watching seven films a weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just you know you just got to kind of got to. It's just, it's always the way with classic who, isn't it? You just got to adjust your brain to an extent. Yeah. It, it's important to say when I watch seven films a weekend and when I watch classic who. Yeah. It's using perfectly legal streaming methods. Of course. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's I don't because want the BBC hunting me down. I mean, it's because everything's legal in Romania, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you joke, but now on a night before I go to bed, I've started taking melatonin. You need a prescription for that in the UK. <laughs> I'm just bought it at a coffee shop this week. <laughs> Right, so, (laughs) sounds like a joke, literally a true story. (laughs) Episode one, let's begin. Let's do it. We begin with a big photosensitive triggering explosion, the TARDIS appears, and Jamie stands in some mud. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zoe suggests it's Earth and finds a soldier's hat. There's more explosions, and a lady arrives. Like I say, I've called her Lady for most of my notes. Mm-hmm. So it's Jennifer. It is. To be fair, Men it is Lady in Jennifer. gas masks. She, she is, is. A, a capital That's L lady. Yep. Yeah. So men in gas masks accost them into a wagon, but the doctor and um, just some British people take them captive. Yeah. It's Lieutenant, and I don't know what his name is. I've put Car Stars. Sometimes it's Car Stairs. It's Car Stairs. It's Car Stairs. It's Car Stairs. Yeah, depending on who says it. I, I guess. Yeah. It, it was Car Stairs at the beginning. <laughs> right. And so he was with an ambulance and explains that they found some civilians on no man's land. Mm-hmm. That's how the doctor and his team escape. Yeah. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe try to escape, but are shot at. So they get taken to the Major. Mm -hmm. Um, The troops are due to go over the top tomorrow, and the captain who's captured them reports to General Smythe. But he's got secret alien hidden technology. Well, before we got to that point, were you thinking... Oh my god, is this going to be ten episodes of just trudging around in trenches? Largely, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to get something about the futility of war. <coughs> I mean, what I'd say we definitely do with this story. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Mm. It is 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 dealing with that, but at le- I think it it it's at least doing it in a, in a more engaging science fictiony way than I, I think. 10 episodes of a pure historical set in the First World War would be a, a big ask, even of a, of a late 60s audience. Mm. So, yeah. Because yeah. I, I went in, yeah. the first time I watched this, which was a long time ago at this point, I went in with very little preconceptions about it, other than knowing it was long. And I did have that, that sense of dread when I was first watching it, of just like, oh God, is this going to be just World War One for ten episodes because I don't know that I can yeah. handle that. <laughs> but yeah, but thankfully your fears 
ablated mm. here because General Smythe called reinforcements using alien technology. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, in in an in-keeping... Well, it's a theme throughout this, isn't mm. it? Just gets angry, refuses to cooperate. So yeah. the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe are presented to the General. They're to be taken to the cells. Yeah. And then we get... Just a conversation about shell shock. I, I do. I, can you know, we again. can we take a moment to just appreciate Patrick Troughton's lovely business with you know how they're being marched around and commanded and they've got to stand to attention and everything and he's constantly just sort of slightly standing in the wrong direction or just you, you know looking looking sort of petulant <laughs> and his complete yeah. lack of respect for authority is so um it's just a delight all the way through those scenes mm. yeah so the general appears yeah and he kind of hypnotizes <coughs> the captain he does he's got magic spectacles <laughs> yes he does yeah we'll come back to those later yeah uh, the Doctor, Jamie, and Zoe are now being court-martialed by the General. Mm -hmm. uh, the Doctor ran towards enemy lines, so they suspect he's a spy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're marched away whilst the court considers its verdict. They're, of course, found guilty. Yes. So Jamie is sentenced to be held in the barracks. Zoe is to go to prison. And the Doctor's to be shot at dawn. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, I, this is where I thought the remaining nine episodes was just going to be like Troughton's corpse being <laughs> shredded by a minigun or something. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Right. Uh, <coughs> Zoe wakes up in the night and finds the general secret alien technology. Which are we still in episode? Are we, we're in episode two now, aren't we? Is that right? No, 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 no. This is the tail end of episode one. Still the tail end of episode one. Right, okay. All right. Because the captain arrives for the execution mm -hmm. uh, to halt the doctor's escape, and they shoot at him. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and the doctor's That's how episode one ends. Yeah. Tune in next week, kids. The doctor's definitely yeah. dead this time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It'd be great. Imagine if it was just like his arm getting shot off like in Robocop. <laughs> That's a point. We've we've never had a permanently maimed doctor. And I feel like mm. it's about time. <laughs> no we no offense. Capaldi for a bit. Oh, that's true. We did, but I I kind of wish they'd committed and we to had... that. I wish he yeah, his we remaining handoff tenant, didn't we? Yeah, but that was you know that didn't nothing really long. happened to Matt Smith. Well, no. I mean, to be fair, a lot happened to Matt Smith, but it was always magicked away within <laughs> within yeah, the space yeah, of sorry. an episode. Yeah, I need to clarify yeah. that point. Right. So in episode two, it, it's all all right because a sniper just shot the firing squad. <coughs> yeah, uh, that's Andy. The general has a huge machine which the captain sees. So the general hypnotizes him with his glasses, mm. and the machine may be a TARDIS. I've put at this point. Yeah, certainly, certainly seems to be. Um, 
A red coat from 1745 is thrown in jail with Jamie. Yeah. That's where the story takes an immediate left turn. It does, it? yeah. What, did, uh, what, what were you thinking in that moment? I was just like, yeah, it's time traveling. <laughs> Someone will come. Yeah. Um, the doctor and Zoe hijack <laughs> a lift to go see Jamie, and the doctor poses as an inspector of military prisons. Mm. This is probably the best bit of what I've seen so far, because it's the only bit that's actually like a bit funny. Oh, yeah, he's great in this, because he's just... <laughs> he, 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 he has nothing in his pocket, nothing up his sleeve. It's just the boldest bluff imaginable. And he just, he's basically got one trick, which is just indignant rage that he just does milks for as long as he possibly can and i you know what i love about it is that he overplays it and it ultimately doesn't like the the guy stops buying it Mm. um that's that's what i particularly love about it you know it's not that the doctor nowadays it would be the doctor flashes his uh psychic paper and then that's that dealt with. You know, yeah. the, the doctor's through that bit. That person's convinced forever. that You wouldn't get that moment of just, hang on a second. Is that guy hmm. really what, who he says he is? And I kind of, <laughs> I wish we we gave the space in stories to have a bit of that back. Like, I'm not, I'm not here necess- necessarily saying I want to return to 10-part stories which largely consist of our main characters being captured and escaping and then being captured again. <laughs> which mm. is what this story is. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I... Don't forget the punch-ups that take up eight minutes <coughs> of a 20-minute episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't forget those. But but I think a little... I, 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 it, it will be really interesting to see with this series coming up how often shooting at was doctor is allowed to fail maybe not in major ways but just in small mm. ways when when they when yeah. when he has opportunities where he tries a plan and it just the the person isn't convinced doesn't or work. the door doesn't open or whatever it is um yeah yeah i'm interested to see that yeah. So, the red coat uh, escapes along with Jamie, and Carstairs and Jennifer discuss the general's hypnotism powers, mm-hmm. suspecting German trickery. The doctor demands Jamie and the red coat are brought to him, but the red coat is shot in the leg. And when this soldier called to check why the doctor is there, Zoe just kills him. Outright with a flower pot across the head. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, the captain. What, you've seen from, Zoe's uh, before, haven't you? In the Mind Robber. What do you make of Zoe as a character? What What was the Mind Robber? Is that the one in Whether in the Land of Fiction? Is that the one with? Oh God! Yeah, with Carcass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I can't remember it. it. It's so long ago, yeah. if I'm honest. So Zoe's thing is that she's a girl from the future and that she's like a uh, computer genius. That's right. her deal. It, but as of but when there's no computers, mm. she's just a ruthless killer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, so the captain from earlier appears, captures them again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of escaping and getting captured. Oh boy, is And when there. they don't get captured, they they just go back to where they were. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So the doctor realizes some things are in the wrong time. Mm. So the doctor shows everyone the alien tech, but they're hypnotized not to see it. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, if, that, if this episode watching... was being written today, the writer would have just thrown the word perception filter into it which has yeah. become the sort of the standard accepted terminology in the same way that no one's allowed to teleport in Doctor, Doctor Who they've got to transmat but it's still early yes. doors yet yeah. we don't we don't have perception filters yet yeah 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 um so uh the general's watching them with a man <coughs> in some pretty cool shades yeah and they all plan to get away, but the doctor says we need to work out what's happening. So they all jump in an army wagon, and when the general returns, he's fuming. <clears throat> he is raging. Yeah. Um, so he insists on a barrage of fire along the road. Everyone's traveling in the hopes of, you know, taking out this yeah. van with everyone. Yeah. Uh, but there's a mind fog stopping them from driving. Yeah. And they get to a place with no guns. And it's because Roman centurions are there. Yep. It's getting weirder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is where things kind of go up a level. Yes. Shall we say. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I don't um, know. I, you, you, you've, uh, obviously, you've intimated that you, you're not the biggest fan of what we've seen thus far but i would i would argue that these first especially i'd say the first three four episodes they really go along at a good clip hmm. i've i've well, watched as i say four I'll... part trout and stories that drag way more than this 10 parter does hmm well, well, we'll keep going. I'll point out the next big flaw that I've got okay. with this story. Okay, go for it. Right. Uh, so, episode three, I've written, it's been a week. I forgot how much I hate the War Games gunfire intro. <coughs> um, so, Centurion's approach. The van disappears, then reappears. Yeah. And the Doctor can't make sense of the map that he's using. Mm. The mist that they've driven through is a barrier between time zones. Yeah. So they decide they need to go back to headquarters. When they do, they pull a gun on the captain. And there's an unnecessarily long scene about how to blow open a safe with a grenade. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's interminable david it goes on and on and on oh yeah yeah that i mean that to in many ways that to me is classic who in a nutshell in that the writer they even say when we detonate this the fuse has got four seconds on 
It burns for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, have a full <coughs> conversation. It's cutting backwards and forwards between scenes. The the thing about writing for Classic Who is when you alight upon a an obstacle for your characters to overcome, you can't just have them then figure it out and overcome it. They've got to stand around and discuss it first <laughs> for, yeah. quite, for quite some time, come up with a plan. Usually, ideally, if you can have two opposing plans so they can talk about the, the comparative merits of the two plans before ultimately yeah. alighting on one of the plans. Just... It's, yeah, it, on yeah on. it's, that's, but that's classic who for you. It, it, it's it's so, weird yeah, to say because it, 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 it is it is a flaw, right? I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. That it's a flaw, but it is a flaw that I find charming rather than annoying. Well, when they blow it open, it attracts a soldier who's accosted by Carstairs. <coughs> uh, the Doctor in the safe finds the time zone map, which is blank in the center. Mm. So they decide they're going to drive there. Yeah, uh, they get. Stopped by some Germans, and the doctor says his name is John Smith. We've seen that many, many a time. <coughs> we have. The Germans question everyone, and they all tell the truth, to the extent the doctor shows them the sonic screwdriver. Mere moments ago, he was like, oh yeah, I'm John Smith, don't worry about it. Here, he's like, oh, I've got a sonic screwdriver. Like, mm. He's not very good at keeping his cover, is he? No. Having said that, I, uh, I think we should pause on this for a moment. I think I am right in saying, and I could be wrong, so you know, feel free to call me a fake fan or whatever if you're listening and I'm, and I'm wrong about this. Um, I think this is the second ever appearance of the Sonic Screwdriver. Okay. So, you know, it's uh, pretty early days for that piece of kit, as evidenced by the fact that I think it's the first it time literally... I've ever seen it. Uns- <laughs> Sorry, go on. I think it's the first time I've ever seen it unscrew a screw. Yeah, it's one of the only times it's ever used for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, then I've just written, I think this German general has a magic monocle. Yes. Um, he also has alien tech, mm-hmm. which he uses to speak to central control. Yeah. The English general is at central <sighs> control. And there's mention of the warlord. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to piece things together again. And this is where, you know, coming back to, as you're saying, the futility of war. I think this, in some ways, this is the whole central thesis of this story coming into focus now. You've got these big fancy generals using uh their their recruits below them as mm-hmm. though they are you know playing pieces on a game board you know it is it is a game to them um yes yeah and uh yeah i think that that theme's going to get teased out more as we get into the second half as well but um uh, 
But, yeah, I mean, this, this is... is probably where I can introduce my second big problem with this story. Yeah, go on. The, the second, I know it's outer space, future tech. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to see the American Civil War, World War. I don't need a history lesson every 20 minutes that's not pushing the plot forward. Yeah. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from with that. I think again, like as soon as we get this twist, leave everything else. Yeah, and push the push. Okay, so if this was a Moffat era two parter, right? That is exactly what would happen. You would mm. y- you'd go into the first episode thinking you were getting a historical set in the First World War. You know, that's all they'd have shown you in the teaser trailer. Um, yeah, you go in and you slowly you start seeing these anachronisms and it builds up and builds up. Go into the cliffhanger, bang! There you are. You're suddenly seeing the the space age tech, the the central control room, the people pulling the levers, and then second episode would take place almost entirely on that set, mm-hmm. and it would be like a clean break. I, I, I get where you're coming from, that we don't really get that here. And I think, in no. a, again, it's just one of the ways in which this episode is showing its age a bit. Also, I think, demonstrating the fact that, I, I, I th- again, I think I'm right in saying, Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk were flying by the seat of their pants. This was not planned as a ten-parter, mm-hmm. initially. Mm. Uh, it was literally like other 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 stories were falling through, and they were just like, "Okay, we're just going to have to extend this one that we're writing <laughs> because we don't have anything else to fill the gap in the schedule." Um, and that is a big part of the reason why it ended up as long as it did. And it's t- in, honestly, under the circumstances in which they're writing it, it's to their credit that it manages to be as engaging and beloved as it is. Uh, Given its its uh, elongated nature, yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, what did you think of the kind so... of the set design and stuff of the new uh, of the, the sort of space age stuff we glimpse here? I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit crap, if I'm <laughs> honest. A bit budget, wasn't it? <laughs> I um, think. I... I I don't know. I think there's a lot of creativity in it. Whether or not... I mean, it's not backed up by by budget. I will grant you that. Yeah. But, um... Okay. Again, I find it charming. Yeah, go on. There is a weird man who orders the Doctor and his group to be brought to Central. (laughs) And then we, we just get his... In a monologue, we just get a bit where yeah. it's like, hmm, space and time, hey? Yeah, hmm. that's that's weird, isn't it? Like, that that's not normal for yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, the Doctor and his friends are now in the American Civil War. There's a tree block, blocking the road, yep. and they are shot at. Okay? Yeah. They fight for a bit, and the ambulance is now out of petrol. Yeah. 
the English general appears to be working alongside the German general. Carstair mm. is captured and brought to central control for reprocessing. The doctor and friends hide in a barn as US soldiers appear from a TARDIS-like device. Yeah. The doctor goes inside, Zoe <coughs> follows, it disappears, and Jamie is left with Jennifer. That's the end of episode three. Yeah. So, the Doctor and Zoe see that the episode... Sorry, I wrote episode four and I got my words mixed up there. No worries. The Doctor and Zoe see the device they've entered is like a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Mm. Who could have another TARDIS? Mm. So, uh, Zoe finds something. I can't even remember what that was. I've just written she finds something. Oh, it's loads of soldiers hypnotised. Romans too. The Americans think Jamie and Jennifer are southern spies. There's a bit more fighting, like every other episode. Soldiers forget Jamie and Jennifer. And the German general appears now to be American? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So the weird man from before speaks to the German general in central control... And everyone's wearing weird glasses. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what do you make of that costume choice? It's the kind of thing where, I, I look as a as a design thing, it's cool. I, I like I like how obviously kind of pop art fluxus. It's it's very much taking cues from what is contemporary art of that time and you see that as well with things like the the, the sort of spiral designs on the walls of uh some uh -huh. of the sets and stuff like that um it, but it frustrates me when you're watching science fiction stuff and not if it's science fantasy that's one thing. But so, when it's like slightly harder science fiction which I think Doctor Who is at its best <coughs> um, when you're presented with a, an item of tech and there is no obvious explanation for how it works or why it would look that way. So mm -hmm. it's like they're walking around, they've got these crazy glasses on with like crosses for eyes and things, but it's not clear what function those serve. Like, is it just yeah. a fashion thing? It's weird. It looks like something the pet shop boys would wear. Yeah. So it's like, I don't hate it, but I don't like it as much as I would like to, because it's like, if all it, I would need to know is like, oh, it's a, it's protective eyewear. It, 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 it stops you from, from, you know, your brain turning to mush because of the sort of brain reprogramming machinery that they're working with. If we, mm -hmm. if we were explicitly told something like that, I'd buy it a little more. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, so the Americans want to shoot Jamie and Jennifer, but they're rescued and freed. The hypnotism doesn't work on the soldier that freed them because he's from the resistance. Yeah. Um, so when they're freed, Jamie hits a man with a stick and steals his horse. <laughs> Classic Jamie. Lost Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. He's, we knew we kept him around for a reason. So... The Doctor and Zoe work out they're not recognised when they're wearing the glasses yeah. and attend a lecture. 
Okay. So it's about mind control. Uh, yeah. And the wars are not on Earth. Yeah. So they bring out Carstairs. They do. Who is reprogrammed and cannot see the machine. He says the Doctor and Zoe are German spies. Ooh. Yeah. So Jamie beats up another man to save Jennifer, but is accosted by soldiers. Uh, I've written the phrase, accosted by soldiers, so many times. Oh, uh, get used to that next week as well. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so, the Doctor says, yeah, there's a problem with the machine, and is shown how it works. The German general finds Jamie and Jennifer because they go straight back to where he caught them previously. <laughs> yeah. Um... And they have a fight for a bit. The Doctor recognises the weird guy from earlier, seemingly. Yeah. And runs away because he is the war chief. <coughs> now, I love Patrick uh, Trout's performance in that moment where he just shouts, Zoe, run! Yeah. yeah. Like, his face sells it so much. Now, do you think the Doctor recognised the War Chief as an individual? No, I think he recognised the bigger picture. Mm. And what do you think that so, bigger picture is? I don't know, just some bad dude. I don't know whether <laughs> he's wearing, the uniform he's wearing, whether it like fits someone from an episode I've not seen. No, I, you know? I will I will tell you that we've never seen the character of the War Chief or this actor before in Doctor Who. So oh. you as an audience member, you're not supposed to like recognise him from previous adventures or anything like that. No, I think there's some pretty heavy clues in the next episode of what's going on. Yeah. Right. <coughs> so this episode ends with Carstair grabbing Zoe. Uh, says she's a German spy, mm. pulls a gun on her, and pulls the trigger. Yeah. And of course, so, next episode five. Zoe's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or certainly, you know, she's going to have some horrible wounds. Mm. You know, what's that? A Luger pistol to the gut. Yeah, no, that's she's not going to be pretty. She's going to feel that. Yeah. Except he's stopped by the guy that was doing the lecture. But he does pull the trigger. The gun is empty. Feels like he should have probably checked that first. Yeah. Okay. The German general is being kept alive <coughs> by the resistance. And Jamie kind of explains the concept of what the TARDIS is. Because they're looking for a tunnel that brings all the soldiers in. Yeah. Jamie explains that they're just shipped in via TARDIS. Yeah. There's a little bit more fighting. And Jamie exposes the alien attack. The alien tech, mm -hmm. sorry. The German general approaches Zoe and puts on the worst helmet I think I've ever seen. <laughs> that makes her tell the truth. Yes, yeah, all that thing with it. It looks like an elongated version of, um, oh, what are they called? You know the things that we put the paper... Like viewfinders. Yes, yeah, with the paper yeah. discs of... Um, yeah, yeah it, it's like an elongated viewfinder. Um, 
Yeah, but it, it makes him look like he's got a big tapier nose. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, again, it's like they're going so hard on this kind of very outlandish uh, <coughs> uh, cutting-edge design stuff, but no thought is being mm. given whatsoever to how it would function as technology. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes her tell the truth. Yeah. But even when she does, he doesn't believe her answers until she mentions the TARDIS. Yeah. The Doctor again goes back to the lecturer and asks about the machinery. Again. <coughs> to be honest, I I um, do like... But... I, I like all of the scenes with... Um... Troughton and and the, uh, the the lecturer guy, um, mm. the way that he seems like this, you know, he's playing up the uh, overly keen student angle, uh, yes. but but you know, very cannily, just absorbing all of this information about how their their technology works in the process, and and it you're really getting to see, I think the second doctor at his best in that he he manipulates situations uh <laughs> by 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 means of kind of like just disarming people you know he comes across as this affable slightly scatty stupid figure and yeah. in doing so gets right to the heart of the matter um and 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 I I love that about his characterization and it's 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 I think it's the thing that most directly influenced Matt Smith's characterization of the doctor yeah um yeah so yeah yeah um so the doctor doesn't tie Carstead down <coughs> as he's been deprogrammed yeah and when he comes round, they grab the lecturer and deprogram him. Yeah. But they just leave him on simmer. <laughs> just brain soup. Yeah. <laughs> so the war chief asks what's going on, and the whole plot is recounted again. Yeah. Uh, because the German general has sent a distress call from the American Civil War. The doctor and Carstair kill a guard, mm -hmm. needlessly. Yep. And free Zoe. <laughs> Zoe tells of the headset, so the Doctor puts it on, and she he sees pictures of the Resistance. Mm -hmm. So he says, well, let's go meet them. Yeah, They're going to either travel in the TARDIS machine or wait until the TARDIS machine uh, arrives. Yeah. The Resistance soldier that freed everyone earlier is killed, yet unharmed. So Jamie investigates the weapon. And learns nothing, mm. despite talking about it for a long time. Yeah. The general asks the war chief how he knew the doctor. And we get another mention of the warlord. Yeah. Uh, Jamie agrees to go in the TARDIS with the soldiers without Jennifer. And when the general speaks to the lecturer, we find out the war chief isn't human. He's a traitor against his own people. That's how he has this technology. Could he be a time lord? Who knows? If you're a betting man, what would you put money on right now? Yeah. Think so? Be. What if I told yeah. you 
the word Time Lord had never been used on screen up until, uh, well, at this point. Yeah, but this could be the first time. Yeah, like we we definitely this is, we this we is... had seen other members of the Doctor's race, i.e., the monk. Yeah. Have have we done? Have we done the meddling monk yet? No. No. Oh, we should we, get on that. We talked about it a lot when we saw Rufus Hound because yeah. doesn't he play the monk now? He, he does on Big Finish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so we 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 had previously seen the monk, and the monk owns a TARDIS, but the word Time Lord was mm-hmm. never used. We've never given any kind of backstory for their race. Mm-hmm. Um. But you're still saying you reckon the War Chief is a Time Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So he commands his guard to go to the landing bay. Mm-hmm. And when the TARDIS machine lands, Jamie is ambushed. Yeah. Poor old Jamie. He's presumably dead. Yeah, well, he deserves it for hitting that man with a tree stump. I suppose. So, yeah. So, there we go. First five episodes, done. Yeah, we've had had uh, at least one cliffhanger where each of our main trio is definitely dead. Yeah. Um, so, do you reckon Jamie will be you dead know. next week? Um, I don't know, because if this is Troughton's <coughs> last story, he's definitely not in Pertwee's first story. That's very true. So, yeah, kill him off. Kill him mm. off. Well, um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it's weird to just be... I mean, I know we have split two-parters in the past, but... It, it, it does feel slightly odd to be ending on this cliffhanger, but um, we had to be realistic about what we could fit into one episode, to be honest, listeners. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I hope you're enjoying this so far, Matt. It is... I wouldn't say that this is necessarily... Uh, to go back to the early conversation, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a 10 out of 10 story for me, but... It is one that I do enjoy and have mm-hmm. um, a lot of affection for. It was actually it was one of the fir- one of the earlier classic Who stories I ever watched, and I have only ever watched it the one time. So I'm very much enjoying revisiting it now. Oh really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I hope I hope you've enjoyed it thus far. I hope you continue to enjoy it. There is definitely some juicy stuff still to come. I think there probably is, if memory serves, quite a lot more running around, being captured, uh, escaping, going back to the place they were previously captured. (laughs) All of that business. Um, There is a fair amount of that in it, but... um, Overall, I think it's it's got a lot going for it, this story. Like, I love just the fact that it's the resourcefulness, as ever, is something that I love about Doctor Who. And in this case, the fact that they've clearly sat down and thought, like, okay, we got all of these costumes knocking around from period dramas mm-hmm. we've done over the years. We've got you know, we've got Civil War uniforms, we've got First World War uniforms, we've got Roman uniforms. Let's just let's just use the lot of them. 
And um, <coughs> in some ways, it does it does hint towards some of the more modern things that, that Doctor Who would do in the twenty first century, where you'd where it makes use of anachronisms, you know. In a mm-hmm. way that I think a lot yeah. of a lot of classic Who doesn't do in the same way. A, a lot of your pseudo historicals of classic Who, it's pretty much just we've gone to a period setting and there's an alien monster on the loose. Yes, this is at yeah. least a little bit more complex and a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a better story of what we've seen from this period. Yes, yeah. And 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 I and I sincerely hope it sticks the landing for you, Matt, because uh I recall it doing so when I first watched it. And uh yeah. yeah. We'll see. We will indeed. We'll see. Uh right, well anyway, it's very late for you, Matt, and uh I I feel wretched and need to sleep as well. So <laughs> I shan't I shan't right. leave, uh, uh, prolong this any longer. Um, listeners, we shall do our level best to release the second part of this in uh, a couple of weeks. But I, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm beyond making promises at the moment. Because if I say, "Oh yeah, we can definitely do it," I'll, I don't know, I'll get like run over by a steamroller tomorrow or something. <laughs> Which yeah. I'd rather didn't yeah. happen. So... Knowing our recent look, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it'll be out when it's out, but fingers crossed we're aiming for a fortnight. So uh, until then, thanks as always for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.